Happy New Year, Sippers. This is Amber Vitti Hill, the host of The Literary Sipper, a place where creative parents come together and try to balance this artistic life with parenthood. Today, I am talking about my reading list of 2022. Um, this has been something that everyone I know is curious about. They always are asking me what I'm reading, what I recommend, what would I recommend to them. So I just thought I would give a sort of overview of what I read last year, um, not just a number of books, but also which ones have were totally worth a deep dive, which ones will have a permanent residence on the shelf, which ones were fun, what new strategies did I have in terms of learning. Um, and most of all, I just encourage you to take a moment and think about the books you've read last year, which ones stayed with you, which ones do you find yourself thinking about over and over again. And rather than keeping a detailed journal of every single one, just write down the couple that you remember that are closer to your heart and that you know you'll be recommending to other people because those are the things that last. And also just ask yourself, what did you love? Often we are asking ourselves what we don't like. I don't like this. Oh, you know what I hate? You know what really grinds me? You know what really annoys me? We're so much quicker to say that to someone else and even to ourselves sometimes that we forget to say, man, do you know what I love? Do you know what really got me excited? Do you know what really inspired me this year? And that's the kind of energy I want to bring into 2023 is to talk about the things that I love and the things that bring lightness into my life. The world is harsh enough. It is dark and dreary, and there's an atmospheric river here in the Pacific Northwest. But there is also a harshness to the news, a harshness to the news cycle that's upon us and relentless. And sometimes reading is an escape, and we really need to think about the things we love about it and the things we get out of our creative life and pursuits. So without further ado, um, I just want to say this year I had the goal of 22 for 22, to read 22 books in 2022. And that might seem like an insurmountable number for a lot of you who feel like, how do you even have time for that? What do you do? <laughs> how do you sit down with a book um, and dedicate that many hours to it? And for some of you, it might be 22. Pfft, I read 122 a year. And for you, I say, hats off, my friend, hats off. I wish I did. Um, this year, of course, my goal is 23 for 23. And um, I like the simplicity of that. But I did overreach my goal. Um, I read 29 books in 2022. Um, I do count audiobooks as part of that journey. I don't listen to them frequently. Um, in the car, I tend to listen to music and sing along, or I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, but I did make time to listen to some books, and one in particular that I'll highlight later um, was, in a way, so much better than the initial read that I, I read when I read the book the first time when it came out. The audiobook was magical. And we've all been there with audiobooks where some of them are read by people that I don't know how they got that job. Um, I prefer when the author themselves is reading the book, but I also enjoy when they have actors and actresses reading and you really get the sort of lifeline 
um, bloodline in that book um, where it starts to live and breathe for you. And that definitely happened with one of the books I listened to this year. But I started off 2022 uh, with Harlem Shuffle, with Colson Whitehead's Harlem Shuffle, which will come to no surprise to anyone who knows me. He is my favorite author. Um, I have read everything that he has ever written. Um, and one of the saddest parts about quarantine for me was I was signed up for the Literary Lions Gala, which was um, a library fundraiser here in Seattle, and he was supposed to be the speaker and that was in March, <laughs> uh, so the first month of the pandemic, and of course that was canceled, and so I've never gotten to hear him read or meet him in real life, um, but hopefully I will someday. I enjoy him so much, and for those of you who aren't familiar with his work, he wrote The Underground Railroad, he wrote The Nickel Boys, Autograph Man, his very first novel was The Intuitionist, which I also adore. Um, and for those of you who like to listen to author talks, he did a wonderful interview with NPR probably about maybe 18 months ago, kind of right when Harlem Shuffle was coming out. And it is one of the greatest interviews. He talks about the logistics of his desk, um, how he plays video games and listens to music um, to sort of move away from what he's writing um, how journalism informed what he was writing in particular with Harlem Shuffle, and also what it's like to write around having a kid and what that does to your schedule. And I really, really um, enjoy his books on a literary level, on a philosophical level, um, and admire him so very much. So, of course, I wanted to start off with Harlem Shuffle. I ended the year with Save the Cat Writes the Novel, which is by Jessica Brody. I always try to read a lot of craft books um, in the midst of a year, but I try not to let it dominate my list because I really find that it impedes my writing sometimes. I am a happy reader and it takes a lot out of me to write. So um, I'm like, oh, well, if I'm reading this book about writing then that's kind of like writing. And we all know it's not it's not the same thing at all. But I did read this book because I have uh, joined the Writing Mastery class that she, Jessica Brody, runs, um, which is a wonderful subscription-based course with lots and lots of helpful instruction about revision, about fast drafting. There's a community piece, which is great. You can do writing sprints with people, find accountability partners. Um, and I just find it to be very no-nonsense, um, very clear, and especially for beginners, um, and especially for those of you who are struggling to find time to dedicate to your craft, and maybe 15-minute videos is a good way to go, versus uh, feeling like you have to sign up for yet another weekend workshop or retreat. So I really did like that book. I, I would have to say the most helpful parts about the book itself uh, were looking at genre in a new way um, versus just like horror, romance, comedy. Um, it really talks, she really talks you through the different beats that happen in a particular coming of age story or um, an outsider story or a story about taking down an institution. And she really looks at them in a very um, succinct but also in-depth way. And I think naming your genre 
was something that I didn't really think about because I'm a fiction writer and I, I'm not like a specific type of fiction writer. It's always character-driven books. Um, so I really didn't think, oh, well, this is a, my coming-of-age book. But then I realized, oh, actually, it's a book about taking down an institution. And let me look at what she says about the plot points in that. And that is um, a dog-eared page that I think I will refer to over and over again. Other highlights this year, uh, as some of you know, I tried to alternate between a fiction read and a nonfiction read. Sometimes I find it very hard to write my fiction when I'm reading fiction because I feel like, oh, how can I ever compete with someone like, you know, um, well, like Colson Whitehead, um, but also like um, Philip Backman, you know, or Frederick Backman, excuse me, or um, Ruth Hogan, who are such, the stories are such um, natural, funny, witty, and then also can be dark, can be dense um, trips into a person's psyche. And I really can feel very intimidated by that sometimes. So in part of my taking care of myself as a writer, I have to take care of myself as a reader. So I tend to look at some nonfiction. For example, I read a book called um, Journey of the Empowered Heart, which was a great book by Katie Gray, talking about you know creating more empathy and self-compassion. I um, read a book called um, Parents or Teachers, which is a great sort of 1970s book at how to incorporate some of uh, teaching strategies into your parenting without kind of being your child's sole teacher. Um, I also read a great uh, book called Hemingway's Sun Valley by Phil Huss, who's a former teacher out in Haley, Idaho, and um, which is where Hemingway's final days are. And there's a wonderful monument to him there. And it was a great book, which sort of highlighted the nature, of course, around him, but also the the story of being the rugged individualist, the masculine journalist in this space, and how he was attracted to people like that um, who exist in that Idaho territory. Um, and I really enjoyed that um, book, and I enjoyed reading a book by a teacher. You could see how his classroom probably came to life as he was writing it as and reading it with his students. I loved teaching Hemingway when I was a teacher. I love In Our Time is one of my very favorite um, Hemingway books to teach. I love short story and I love his short stories in particular. And I loved adding this other layer of him um, to my repertoire because as much as um, he is known, you know, for all his work in Paris and with the expats. And of course, being partly from Michigan myself, you know, the big two-hearted river, there's so much there to mine. Um, but there's also so much in Idaho um, to think about him and why he was attracted to that space and the wildness of that space, especially. And I really enjoyed it. Um, the other books that I've read that I want to highlight are um, The Lincoln Highway by Amor Tolls. I think that if you read A Gentleman in Moscow, you probably picked this book up. Some people were disappointed because it wasn't exactly like The Gentleman in Moscow. 
but I wasn't at all. I thought to myself, oh, if I was teaching again, I would definitely teach this book. It's the grand journey. It's the hero's journey. It's life on the river. And there have been quite a few books that have kind of Mark Twain, um, Mark, out Mark Twain, Mark Twain a little bit. Um, not with the humor, I'll say. And certainly not with the uh, political context that surrounds books like Huckleberry Finn now. But the spirit of freedom that comes with traveling, the spirit of the road trip, the spirit of the river. And I think the Lincoln Highway does this in a great way. Um, many people have read This Tender Land that came out a couple of years ago. Um, and if you like that book, you would like the Lincoln Highway, of course. But I find him to be such a gracious writer. Um, I find him to really care about his reader's experience and you feel well taken care of and like you are on a journey. And the journey in Gentlemen in Moscow is such an internal one where your setting is so confined and the fact that this one, the setting is so expansive makes it such a powerful read and I definitely recommend it. Plus, on a side note, Sometimes I tweet out or I'll write a post about um, a book I particularly loved, and he wrote back, which was so lovely. Um, that's happened one other very special time to me. George Saunders wrote me a, an email back, which was, oh my gosh, I've saved it forever because Lincoln and the Bardo is one of my all-time favorite books. If you haven't subscribed to his Substack, George Saunders Substack, I, I definitely recommend that one as well. So this year, I definitely got deeper into audiobooks. Um, I've always been a listener of books. I definitely think it's reading. I know there's a big controversy out there that it's not. But I mean, is that saying like a person who's visually impaired isn't reading when they listen to a book? I think that that's nobody would agree that that's the truth. So definitely take advantage of audiobooks. I do not use Audible. My husband is an avid user of Audible. I get them from the library, the public library. Um, and the one that I want to highlight, underscore, and recommend to you, five stars, definitely, is The Dutch House by Ann Patchett, read by Tom Hanks. It was such an amazing read. Listen, I read the book and I loved the book. It's, it is definitely in my top 10 books of all time. But listening to Tom Hanks read this book was magical. It was, I never wanted to leave my car. I wanted to listen to the whole, however many hours, nine, 12 hours of book at the same time. Um, when he, he was so unaffected, but at the same time, you knew exactly which character was talking. And it was amazing in that respect. I also listened to a book called um, The Unexpected Joys of Being Sober by Catherine Gray, um, which was also lovely. She read it herself. I recommend it to I recommended it to several friends who, who are thinking about um, going on a sober journey. I think it really is um, a wonderful, realistic uh, way to think about drinking and to think about your um, path and what you want out of a sober life. And also for those people who are resistant to like the AA of it all, she gives a lot of other strategies um, and things that have worked for people and a lot of science to back it up, which I also appreciated. 
My most difficult read of the year was Making Sense by Sam Harris. Um, I loved this book. I love Sam Harris's podcast. I found it to be a book where I had to stop and look words up in the dictionary multiple times. <laughs> Not multiple times in the entire, you know, 500-page read. Multiple times in a chapter. Multiple times sometimes on a page. And basically what it is is transcripts of some of his deepest podcasts about cognition, philosophy, um, a the future of AI. And it's a powerful read where you just know you're witnessing the intellectual powerhouses of the world. Um, but at the same time, sometimes I'm like, I have no idea what they're saying. And it would take me a while to get through a sentence. I did find that after a while, after the probably the first two chapters, then I could like get into the voices themselves. And, and once you've looked up certain terminology, then you feel like, okay, I have a handle on what that means and I'm going to move forward from there. And I definitely felt that that was um, a book worth re reading. It really talks about futurism. It really talks about AI and what's going, what the predictions are, but also how to maintain humanity and also how to think about what it means to be a thinking being in the universe. And I love books that make me feel small sometimes and make me feel like there are large ideas out there and large ways of thinking that puts any ordinary daily life into such wonderful perspective, but also that how important it is to be intellectual and purposefully intellectual in your experiences and to keep learning um, and to keep challenging yourself, both in your reading life and also in your thinking life. Another lovely book I wanted to highlight as well um, was The Keeper of Lost Things by Ruth Hogan. Uh, I've never read any of her books. It, the cover was very twee, you know, it had like little flowers and a rosette and a wreath. And I just was kind of like, oh, okay, maybe. But I can't remember how I got recommended this book, but I really enjoyed the characters. I enjoyed the premise. The idea is that one, there are multiple stories being intertwined and they are all centered around an object. Um, there's some mystical, magical realism going on as well, some ghosts, um, which I'm not generally drawn to, but I found it rooted in such a, a lovely story that I, I went there with her for sure. Um, and I liked the gentleness of this book. It really matched where I was at the end of 2022. I really want to be gentle with myself, be gentle with my children, um, to really think about being open, less resistant, less rebellious, less defensive. Um, and this book allowed me to enjoy something um, without trying to dissect it, without trying to think, well, this what's the deeper meaning of this? And how is this book going to stand the test of time? I think sometimes sweet stories do. You know, I was just looking at a book on my bookshelf called The Five Little Peppers and How They Grew. And not that this is a children's story. Ruth Hogan's book is not a children's story. But it was such a sweet family story. And there's sometimes sweetness gets a bad rap because I don't know if it's too feminine or something. But there is something about 
finding other people's memories to be things to cherish, finding other people's stories to be things to hold close to your heart, allowing others to hear your story is important. And it's certainly important to us um, in the writing world, in the art world, in the mothering world, in the parenting world. We are constantly listening to other people's stories. You know, your child comes home from school, there's a story there. And it's very important to them. It's the first time that they've experienced maybe the loss of a friendship or the loss of a mitten or the loss of a grade or the loss of their childhood in a way, I say, as my children are turning into teenagers. And there's a bittersweetness there that I want to savor just as much as I want to savor the high highs of all the exciting things that we do. Um, for them and for ourselves. So think about your reading life. Think about changing it up if you haven't. Add some nonfiction. The one thing I saw that was missing from my book list as I kind of went through it this year was a poetry. There was no, I, I mean, I'm looking at it right now. I don't see a book of poetry on it, which if anyone knows me knows that that's a rarity. Did I really not read any new books of poetry last year? So, of course, I've mitigated that this year already. I've just finished a wonderful book called The First Free Women, which is the Buddhist um, translations or translations of the Buddhist Theragatha, which is the Elder Nuns uh, book of poetry that was collected many moons ago. Um, and Maddie Weingart has um, translated them. And it was quite lovely. A quick read, but poetry tends to be a quick read. Um, and... So I'm also looking at the holes in my writing life and what I need to put in there to make sure that my reading life is varied and exciting and inspiring. So I wish you a happy new year. I wish you a happy 2023 reading adventure. Um, and we'll be talking to you soon. Bye.